One of my, uh, I was going to say one of my favorite Sundays, but every Sunday is one of my favorite Sundays, just so you know. There's, we only get 52 this year, so we got 53 last year, so we were spoiled last year. We only get 52 this year, so we're going to have to stay double long on one of these Sundays, just so we can make up, because I got used to 53, so, so we're going we're gonna to go for it. I really enjoy a baptism, uh, I really enjoy communion Sundays, and I really enjoy baby or child dedication Sundays. When, when we get to see the whole body in action, and we get to see uh, other people in the water with, with those being baptized, and we get to see uh, just the towels here and people helping each other, and it's just really a really cool moment to watch people be baptized. Yeah, there's a couple of us in the tank, but just new life is just moving all over. Towels and, and just, just, just all kinds of different things. It's that same way with baby dedication or child dedication. Today we're going to dedicate five children, four families and five children. And that's exciting to me. And, and, and I think it's, uh, each family is going to come up and they're going to receive an anointed uh, cloth, a dedication cloth that you'll take back with you for the prayer time. And you're going to receive a certificate and you're going to receive a, 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 a refrigerator uh, poster this year. And uh, more to come on that in just a minute. And, and each one of you coming up here is going to make a commitment. Each family, each mom and dad is going to make a commitment. And then we'll have our prayer time uh, all together. We'll have our prayer time. I'm going to ask you to flip the button there. It's, it, this is the Shema in, in, in Israel. They have the Shema, they call it. Hear, O Israel, is actually the Hebrew word Shema. And, and it's this. It's a hear, do. If you're not doing it, you didn't hear it. That's what it means. My, my dad used to say, how many times do I have to tell you? See, that's not the Shema. Once, once, it's hear, do. So hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. He wants us to know that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength. The God of the Old Testament is a God of love. The God of the New Testament is the same God of the Old Testament. He's a God of love. The first thing that he wanted Israel to do as they're getting ready to go into the promised land, and Deuteronomy means second giving of the law, and this is what he wants them. You've got to remember to love me, to love Love is the, is the top billing here. Love is that top billing. And I want to be, uh, I want you to love me with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. I want you to love me. It's not, a relationship with God is not about a bunch of rule following. We've talked about that before. We talked about that in men's group just the last couple of weeks and studying through Galatians. It's not about a bunch of following a bunch of rules. It's being in love in an intimate relationship with God. And watching him work that out in your life. So this is what he says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your, uh, with all your soul and all your strength. These commandments that I'm going to give you today are to be upon your hearts. It's not just a mind thing. It's not just got to remember what the checklist is. If I do enough good things, it's not that. These commands, I'm going to give you the way to walk it out with me. But there's to be upon your heart, down in your decision maker of your life. I want things to go well with you. Israelites, I want things to go well with you. Church, I want things to go well with you. New life, I want things to go well with you. So have this intimate relationship with me. And let what I tell you be upon your hearts. Where they can make the difference in your life. Not on your minds. 
but on your hearts where they make the difference in your life. He gives them that. That's, that's what he, then he says this in the very next verse. Impress them on your children. It's like putting a, a, a signet ring into a clay. Your children are, 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 are wet concrete. And why they're wet and why they're pliable, impress them. Impress this on them. Impress on your children. Impress them on your children. The love for God and His commands. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up and tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. We've talked about that before. Just get creative. You've got a refrigerator, stick them on the refrigerator. Doors, stick them on, just all, all kinds. Talk about them. Read scripture to them. I, I, I talked to one mom and she said, I, I, I don't know if they understand it yet, but I'm reading scripture over them every night. Do it. That's what God's saying. Take it serious. You get to be a parent and you're going to impress on them the things I'm going to put on your heart in this relationship where you press it on them. And really that's what moms and dads are committing to do today. It's, I don't know if we can call it parent dedication or if we call it child dedication. Because really it's up to the parent to impress that. It doesn't say, kids, grab it if you can. Kids, just run through life and see what else sticks to you. Because a lot of stuff will stick to you through life. But he's saying, mom and dad, press this, impress these on your sons and your daughters, on your children. It's your job. It's your privilege. It's your responsibility to impress these things of God. And that's what you're committing to today. To impress these things on your children. Push the button, please. The vow you're about to take is not to be taken without careful thought and prayer. For in it, you are committing yourselves to a lifelong undertaking. The promise is not to be diminished by difficult circumstances. And it's only to be dissolved by death. Just so you know, I pulled that right out of the marriage thing. Because I take this commitment as serious as that one. You don't have to go to the courthouse and pay 50 bucks. But you're committing to something for a lifelong journey with your children. And if it gets difficult, you lean into the commitment. When it's easy, you lean into the commitment. It's your commitment. We're here to help you do that. So here's what you're committing to today. Push the button, please. Here it is. Do you promise, parents, do you promise, I'm not looking for a response right now, to love the Lord your God? Do you promise to learn God's Word? Do you promise to pass a living faith on to your children? Next slide. Do you promise to pray for your child, instruct them in the believer's life, teach them the Word of God, Take them to the gathering of the church and lead them toward Jesus. That's your promise? Are you promising that? Here, I got, I got, you can push the button. Here's parenting in eight words. This is what you're promising. This is parenting in eight words. This is going to be your refrigerator sticker. Love, learn, pass, pray, instruct, teach, take, lead. So when you come up on this platform, when I call your name, 
Here's your refrigerator sticky sticker. Not a sticker. A poster put on your refrigerator. Courtney's going to give you this and your certificate after you come off the platform. But this is what I'm asking you. Mom and dad says you respond and you respond to this platform. I'm going to ask you, do you promise to love, learn, pass, pray, instruct, teach, take, and lead? And you're going to respond to that. So I'm going to ask Cheryl to come up here with us. And what you're going to do, you're going to come up, and I'm going to ask you that, and you're going to respond, we do. Or if you're a single parent, you're going to respond, I do. We're going to anoint a cloth for you. You're going to exit, and you're going to go have a seat. When all five get done, we're going to have you stand, and we're going to have new life get around you and family get around you. We're going to pray for each one of you around the room. So Savannah Moore, Kyle and Brandy, Savannah. Hey, thank you. I probably could use that. You want a hole in it, don't you? Give it to Tobin. He can do that. So here we go. This is number three, right? The other two have been up here with you. But we're going to say this is a promise to the first daughter. Right, Savannah? You, know, you have no idea what your mom and dad are promising to do right now, but it's going to rock your life. It's going to set you so firm on a foundation. You're going to so appreciate this day as you grow. Push it to the next slide, please. Next slide. Next slide. Kyle and Brandy, do you promise to love, learn, pass, pray, instruct, teach, take, and lead? Savannah. that will be that part of the prayer time, okay? Okay, you can have a seat. Mike and Bethany, a dream. It's a good day, girl. Look at Pap. It's a good day. Yeah, it's exciting, okay? And you don't know this yet, but you're going to be really benefiting from this commitment. Mike and Bethany, do you promise to love, learn, pass, pray, instruct, teach, and take and lead a dream? Amen. You can have a seat. We'll join you in just a minute for prayer. Elmer and Hannah and Walker... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they can come. It's all good. Emerson, you want to come? He wants to come, too, certainly. There you go. That's awesome. Uh, Walker, right now you don't understand either, but you will. Because what your mom and dad are promising to do is going to just set you on a foundation 
beyond what you can ever believe, young man. He really will. So, Elmer and Hannah, do you promise to love, learn, pass, pray, instruct, teach, take, and lead, Walker? Amen. We'll join you down there in just a minute. Tanner and Miranda, Colson and Renly. <laughs> I just get this, uh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has in store for those who love him. Right? You don't understand. I know you're a little older, but you don't understand, and neither do you, what your mom and dad are promising to do right now. But it's going to set you on a foundation. It's going to make a whole the difference in the world. So Tanner and Miranda, for Colson and Renly, do you promise to love, learn, pass, pray, instruct, teach, take, and lead them? Now, if you have family with you, I'm going to ask the family to get close to each of those couples. And I'm going to ask the couples to be able to remain seated, if you want, at least the one holding the child. And I want your family to get around you. I want new life. You need to... I completely forgot one of the most important parts. Cheyenne, come to the mic. Can you stand and just look at Cheyenne for a minute, Savannah? The blessing from, the blessing from Cheyenne. I'm sorry. Sweet little Savannah, may the Lord bless you and keep you and his face shine upon you. May you lean on the Lord through all things good and bad. May you listen and hear when he speaks and really know his voice. May you walk with the Lord through every smooth path in Rocky Valley all the days of your life. Savannah, I pray that you always remember that you are a child of God. You were knitted together in your mother's womb and have been fearfully and wonderfully made by a creator who makes no mistakes. Lord, I pray this little girl sees life through your eyes and stands firm in your word and the light continues to be, and continues to be the light in a world that is so dark. I pray she knows and follows the plans you have for her life. May the Lord bless not only Savannah, but also her family, Kyle, Brandy, Dalton, and Wyatt. Not only is God always in your corner, but as your new life family, so are we. In Jesus' name, bless this family. Amen. 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 Katie, can I have you come to the mic? Can I have a dream in the Jones stand? So as a reminder, the word of God goes forth and does not return to him empty. And the Lord will make the rough places smooth. And every promise in Jesus is yes and amen. amen. A dream, our prayer for you is that the God of our Lord and Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him having the eyes 
of your heart enlightened so that you would know the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? A dream may he grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner, in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith May your love abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. May the Lord direct your heart to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. And I also just want to say sometimes it's hard to do that. And so I thought of Psalm 121 as a way of teaching us how to walk in the ways that the Lord has called us to. So I'm just going to read that over you and pray that over you, a dream. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Amen. Walker, receive this blessing from Scott. Walker Finley. Walker Finley, Paul Yoder. It is with deep gratitude and great joy that we've come here today in the presence of Almighty God and this church family to offer a special blessing over your life. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Dear Walker, may you come to believe God's word to be truth that will guide you through your life. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. We would ask that the Spirit of God would draw you into a saving knowledge of Jesus as your Savior early in life that you would be delivered from the dominion of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom from the penalty and slavery of sin. Walker scripture calls you God's masterpiece and he has created you anew in Christ Jesus. Also that you can do the good things that God has planned for you to do long ago. He has declared plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans that will give you a bright future and hope. May this be your heart's desire and the direction that you choose as you walk out your life led by the Spirit of God. Amen. And finally, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.
Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sheila, I'm going to ask you to go to the mic. Renly, I'm going to ask Renly to receive this blessing from Sheila. Leanne Ward, we pray that Lord's richest blessings over you. We ask the Lord to draw you close to himself and that you will come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life early. Lord, let Rinley always know you and that you love her so much that you gave your life for her and that we love her too. Help Tanner and Miranda start her off on the way that she should go so that even when she is grown, she will not turn from it. Remind us to teach Rinley that to trust in you, Lord, for all of her heart, and not lean on her own understanding, but to submit her ways to you so that you can make her path straight. May Rinley be covered and clothed in strength and dignity as she, so she can laugh at the future and in the future. In her days of childhood, let Rinley rest and grow in health and strength and safety and love. Let her adolescence um, be guided to good and godly friends with honest, honesty, kindness, kindness, and courage to walk with her. As Renly grows into adulthood, add to these loyalty, virtue, and determination to stand on the truth and in you. And if you will, prepare her a man after your own heart to be her husband, partner, and loving companion. Let Renly always know her worth in you and know how very much she's loved. Amen. 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 <laughs> Jeff, I'm going to ask uh, Colson to receive this blessing from Jeff Malott. <clears throat> uh, today is the day we gather to dedicate Colson to the Lord. Tanner, Miranda, you're making a promise to train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Proverbs 22.6. When training Colson, it, it will begin by him watching and listening to what you say and do, and then he will develop his own character. Already Colson is watching and listening. He already knows to go to kids' group, he has followed people up to the altar to pray, and on Sundays he sometimes gathers with the, uh, to welcome people as they come in the door with the guys. It's your job as parents, and it's our job as a church, uh, is to pray for him and seek out God's wisdom for his life. As a Christian parent... For his life as a Christian parent, as and by dedicating Colson to the Lord, you're acknowledging your need for God in your family life, and your willingness to submit your desires for Colson to God's desires for him. The Bible is very clear about the care of children. In Matthew, Jesus said, "Let the little ones come unto me; do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to these." We should never misuse or abuse our power in the care of these little ones. In raising children, 
we are called to love and care for them, nurture and protect them, guide and discipline them, but never harm them. Our prayer for Colson is for him to understand that he is loved and valued by God, and God has a wonderful plan for his life. We are praying that he will receive Jesus into his heart at a young age and continue to grow in God's plan for his life forever, testifying to God's love and faithfulness. Hold, hold Colson tightly, but, but never too tightly. He belongs to God. I'm going to ask uh, Tobin to come to the platform so he can offer the prayer over these families and over us. But New Life, um, now, what, the blessings that were just spoke, just so we know, they're not just words on a paper. They've been spoken to the heavenlies for years to come. That I, we don't, don't underestimate just what was spoken into the heavenlies. I think we would be amiss if we don't think that they were powerful words spoken into the lives of these children and spoken into their families. It, 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 it is a key component to what we're doing here. I want to uh, ask Tobin, he's going to, because I'm going to be with my own family here, I'm going to ask Tobin to, to pray the, the dedication blessing over each one of these families. But I'm going to ask any family member to go or anybody from New Life just to go and be near that family. No, you need to go over with Daddy. And then, and so if you if you if you want to move, move now to to someone. Get around someone. Maybe if you if you cried out a blessing for them, you can be around them. We're not asking anyone in the group to pray. Tobin is going to do that. But you got to know, families, you got to know that New Life commits to you to help you live this vow that you just made before us. We're on the hook too. And we will be with you every step of the way. So get close to a family. Cheryl, you're going to be over here. Let's pray. Father God, it's with great courage that these families come before your throne this morning in dedicating their child to you. It can be sometimes very hard to let them go into your arms. There are places that you may call these children to go that are scary. But today, God, we place them in your care. God, we ask that you would give the families, moms and dads, but also the church family, the strength and the fortitude to love and to learn and to pass and to pray and to instruct, to teach, to take, and to lead these children in the way that they should go. 
We thank you that your promises are yes and amen over them. We thank you that your word is promised to never fail and to not come back void. So God, we pray that we would continue in the strength of your word. We pray, God, that in, in these coming days as these families have stepped out in faith to say, God, here, here's my child, let him serve you. I pray, God, that you would protect these families from the enemy and his attacks in the next few weeks. I pray, God, that you would just place a hedge around them that the enemy cannot touch them. May they have this time to grow and to be safe and to begin to establish habits in their home that says we will honor God and we will serve God. I pray that you would keep sickness away. I pray, God, that you would, would bring peace into troubled situations. I pray that your love would rule in the home. I pray that dads would see what you have called them to be and how to lead their families. And I pray that you would, you would just bless moms with the ability to know how to love and to nurture as you have called them to do so. God, you are mighty. And you love these little children as much as any of us could. And in fact, even more. For you allowed your son to bear your wrath for their salvation. May we never neglect to tell them of your great love for them. Greater than our own. Mighty God, I just pray that you would pour your blessing out upon these families. Let them know your strength and your power and your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray these things. Amen. I am not preaching, nor am I part of the Fisher family, technically. Um, but we get to eat, have the meat of the service and have a lot of things every Sunday, but today we get to have some dessert. I want to say it that way. We get to hear from Dave and Dave specifically, but the rest of his family is here as well, and they're serving in Chile. And so I'm very excited to hear from him. I have known Terry specifically for many years. Um, for many years because uh, she was a professor of mine at Lancaster Bible College and I may or may not have babysat one of her children who is much older now and will be older even tomorrow I hear so um, but I am excited she has become a mentor of mine even through overseas God has blessed us with technology to be able to meet quite often and so I'm excited to hear um, about their service and what they're doing and how we can support them they do have a video first and then I do believe that Dave will be up here to share it with us I desire to glorify you with my life. Help me to view the hard yet holy assignments you place in my life with an eternal perspective. 
Give me the faith and courage to obediently walk through hard things so I can bear fruit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hard yet holy perfectly sums up our first term of service with ABWE in Iquique, Chile. After five long years of pre-field ministry, God finalized our support team in his perfect time at the end of 2018. We spent 2019 in South Texas where Dave studied Spanish. After packing our container in record cold Pennsylvania temperatures in mid-January 2020, we left U.S. soil on January 29, arriving in sunny Iquique, Chile on the afternoon of January 30, 2020, four years ago. God had already paved our way by the time we arrived in Iquique. Our ABWE colleagues eagerly welcomed us, and we moved into our home right away upon arrival. Our container, however, wouldn't catch up to us until almost six weeks later. We made quite the ruckus when we unpacked our 20-foot container on the busy, narrow street in front of our house. It was great to have our belongings, though, and to be able to settle into the life that God had called us to in Iquique. And then the world changed. The first case of COVID-19 hit Chile in the first few days of March 2020, and on March 18, 2020, the borders were closed and lockdowns began. At the height of the pandemic, we were only allowed out of our homes for two hours a week with special passes from the police. The lockdowns lasted off and on for almost two years, the first half of our first term of missionary service in Chile. When the pandemic hit, our church planting ministry went online, like most churches around the world. We started with recording sermons and sending them out via WhatsApp to using Zoom for actual church services with a children's segment, music, and the sermon. There was a definite learning curve for all of us during that time. While we were able to transition church services to Zoom, the Florese ministry was not so easily adapted to pandemic restrictions. Babies were still being born and the needs of our clients were increasing. We had to get creative so that we could continue ministering to the women and families who needed our services. We began offering food boxes to clients and using our passes creatively to meet clients at the center. Throughout this entire time, we prayed, asking God to direct our steps and show us when to give to Caesar what was Caesar's, but to God what was God's, and he directed our paths. One special blessing during this time of uncertainty was seeing how God brought ministry to us even when we were restricted to our home. We were able to build relationships with those who came to our home looking for work to make ends meet. Eventually, we had people in our home two to three times a week for meals and hospitality. What a blessing our home was to us. Restrictions of some sort would remain in place until the fall of 2022, but we were able to begin attending clients in person at Florese to a limited degree in late 2020. Since Florese wasn't a large gathering of people, it was easier to work around the restrictions. However, we wouldn't be able to meet in person in an enclosed space for church until much later. But that didn't stop us from meeting in the open air. When you have beaches nearby, you do open air church at the beach. By the time the dust settled a bit from the pandemic, God had changed our Northern Chile team. Two missionary units unexpectedly departed during the pandemic. But God used this to focus and direct our ministries in Iquique. In-person services, for Iglesia Bautista de Fe Iquique 
began on the third floor of the Florese downtown when lockdowns were lifted. We quickly realized that God had called us to minister to immigrants who now called Iquique home and how we grew to love these brothers and sisters in Christ. Our little church family became the family they didn't have in Chile. They were baby believers needing and wanting to learn more about Jesus. They had put their faith and trust in Christ to save them from their sin. We were able to work through what church could and should look like for these believers who had very little Bible knowledge but desired to grow. The downside to serving immigrants is that many of them do move on, but God continues to bring to us those He desires us to serve, and many of them come through our Florese ministry. It has been a blessing and a privilege to see many women come to know Christ of Florese, begin to attend IBF, and make public their faith through believers' baptism. And public it is, there's nothing quite like holding a baptism along the beachfront in Iquique for all to see. What a great opportunity to share the gospel. It's almost impossible to put into words all that God has done in and through us during our first term in Iquique. It has been incredibly hard, but incredibly holy. It has transformed us and blessed us. We are truly thankful for all that God taught us and how He used us in spite of our weaknesses and failures. As we reflect back on our first term and gaze forward to our second, we are incredibly grateful to you, our supporting churches and individuals. We literally would not have survived our first term without your sustaining prayers and sacrificial giving. Thank you for giving to the Lord. One day in heaven, you will behold the fruit of your labor. Until then, may God continue to give us all the faith and courage to obediently walk through the hard but holy times so we can bear fruit for his kingdom. Good morning, church. Thank you so much for this opportunity just to speak briefly about the ministry that we had in Iquique, Chile. Does anyone know where Chile is on the map? Okay, some of you do. So Iquique is north uh, Chile, and uh, we're, I don't know, six, maybe six hours south of... Uh, south of Peru. So we have uh, Peru above us, we have Bolivia along the side, and Iquique is a large city right there where people cross the border, and, and so we get a lot of uh, immigrants uh, there. I'm supposed to turn my, hang on just a minute, I gotta do this, so I can flip. Let me see if I can do this. Will it work? There it goes. Ah, there we go. Okay. So we'd like to share with you this morning uh, our first four years in lessons that we've learned. These are our top five. Uh, we've learned uh, so much more, but we feel that these uh, might be a blessing to you just uh, 
for us to explain them and, and explain what happened during those circumstances. And so we're going to share with you these top five. Uh, you heard in our video, because I know most of you don't even know us, but you heard in our video, it took us a while to get to the field. We were on for what they call pre-field or raising support for almost five years. And it was a, that was a long journey in and of itself, but we saw God's hand in that. Um, and we're so excited to get to Chile, and then six weeks after we got there, we got locked down for two years. Um, but, you know, all of that we can look back and see God was teaching us. God was molding us. He was making us, you know, we thought we knew what we were getting into, but we didn't. God did. And so the lessons that we're going to talk through this morning quickly is just, it, we learned it's not all about us. It's not about us at all, actually. Ministry is messy. God's ways are not our ways. Being like Christ is more effective than doing for Christ. And when God calls, he equips and he provides. The first lesson that we learned was it's not all about us. And so many times I think we believe that, well, if we weren't here, you know, things would really be bad. Or God has to use me um, because I have whatever. I have this, this gift or, or whatever. That is not true. Let me debunk that right now. God will use you if you put yourself out there. It's not about our skill set. That's not, that's not why we're in ministry. That's not why we're here. God had to humble me. I used to be in the uh, corporate world. I used to be a manager uh, with people under me. God had to humble me so that I could be used by him. And he did that in many different ways. This picture represents that way. I put myself under the leadership of a friend. Um, and through his leadership, Alejandro is his name. He's on the, what would that be, the right for you. We were able to build a friendship with the individual that you see in the middle there. Well, I needed to let him lead. I was not, I couldn't lead because I didn't have the language and, and uh, I was struggling uh, just knowing what, what to do. So I had to let him lead. And I remember God, God revealing to me in that situation that it's not about you. I will give you what you need, but it's not about you. It's about me. And so he needed to teach me that lesson. The second lesson, and we learned this in many ways, is that ministry is messy. Uh, the, these pictures here uh, belong to the home of a young couple that we ministered to for part of our time there. They lived in what basically we would call a shanty town. They call it a toma there. It's land that people just take over. It's open land. They take it over and build a structure. And once you build that structure, it's your land for the time being anyway. <laughs> and um, they had done that, and then this whole area burned down. And so they had to rebuild. And we went to visit them because we had heard that the kitchen area, which is up in that top left corner, people kept entering and stealing because they didn't have a structure built around it. It was just like a tarp. 
And so we went up, Dave and I, to see how we could help them, how the church could help them. And um, it was so humbling for them to invite us into this area, have us sit down, give us soda in a cup, you know, and, and I said to Dave, you need to drink that, <laughs> like this is important. This was showing hospitality to us. And we were able to help this young couple um, as a church with our benevolence ministry and purchase material for them to enclose that kitchen. But then it didn't quite go as planned. All of a sudden they disappeared from Iquique. <laughs> and we were like, where'd they go? And long story short, they had sold the materials that we had given them to enclose the kitchen and moved to Santiago, the capital. And not long after that, I get a call from uh, Cecilia, the, the young lady who had come through our crisis pregnancy center, Florece, saying that um, her partner had kicked her out and she was on the streets of Santiago with her baby and could I help? Well, I'm 24 hours by car away um, from her, but was able to connect her with the body of Christ in Santiago and, and, and help her. But, you know, this, it didn't quite turn out the way that we thought. And we found that a lot in the type of ministry we were involved in. And we realized, you know, ministry is messy, and often God calls us to meet people in a place that we may not feel super comfortable in. But he is there, and when he calls you, he's going to give you what you need. One time. There we go. I like this uh, at the top here. It says, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide to not be defined by them. We're not defined by any event. God uses certain events in our lives to teach us and to mold us into what he wants us to be. But God defines us. God defines us. At times, we can only do what we can do. You understand that? can only do what you can do. And then we have to leave the results up to God. Not every story that we have, and I'm sure not every story that you have, has a happy ending. And it's all wrapped up in a bow. That's not life. Life in and of itself is messy. And ministry can only be that, can only be messy. We have to get our hands dirty as believers. But there are also stories like Maria Julia in the previous slide. Um, she was recently baptized right before we... Um, left for the United States and she came out of a very messy situation and yet is putting her faith and trust totally in God and trusting him to to direct her path right before we left she got baptized and then right after we left her partner arrived from Bolivia and essentially kidnapped her kids took them back to Bolivia and she's having to trust this savior that she put her trust in and say, you know, I don't, I don't know what my future holds and what my kids' futures hold, but I'm going to trust him. And she's doing that. And those are the, the times when we just praise and thank the Lord for the opportunity to, to do life with these, these women. This is another family, and this is a, a lesson that we had to learn, too. kind of goes together with ministry is messy. God's ways aren't our ways. 
And this young family here is a very special family to us. This is um, Andres and Rosaida and their daughter, um, Valeria, uh, Veronica, I have another Valeria, but Veronica, and they're from Cuba. And we don't have time to tell their whole story, but they, they arrived in Chile basically because they were unsafe in Cuba, and he was no longer able to return to Cuba, came to Chile on a uh, refugee visa, and we got to know them. She got saved through our crisis pregnancy center. They became, began to come to our church, but Andres really never grew. He said he was saved in Cuba, but he never really got involved as much as Rosaida did in the church. And then um, he lost his refugee um, visa status in Chile, and Biden happened to open up our southern borders, and so they had nowhere to go. So they came to the United States. And um, God used that trip, which is a very harrowing trip over land, um, to get a hold of Andres' life. And when they got to the States, to Houston, we got them hooked up with a church there, and he rededicated his life to the Lord, got baptized, and then they decided they wanted to be married in the church. And, but they wanted me to be there. And so in September of 2022, I was able to come back and be there and just see the work that God had done in this young couple's life. And it reminded us of these verses in Galatians, don't grow weary when you're doing good, because in due season we will reap if we don't lose heart. And that's, that's what our ministry has been over and over and over again. Can you advance the slide, please? Thank you. This is probably uh, the most important lesson, I think, that uh, we, that I have learned. Um, we tend to want to be busy. We tend to want to do things. And as, as men especially, we tend to believe that we are what we do, right? When you meet a guy, when a guy meets another guy, they ask, hey, how are you doing? Where you work? What do you do? Right? That's, that's just the way we do things. But we are called to be something rather than do something first. We're called to be. The doing comes later. And that's one of the things that the Lord had to uh, teach us. Sometimes just being there for someone, just listening, is all the doing that you need to do. And a lot of times that, that's what we found on the mission field. People just needed us to listen to them and to love them and share Christ with them. Yes, we learned that being like Christ, putting on Christ as this um, verse says in Romans, was what we needed to do and that people were observing that. More than even what we would say or do, they were watching. They were just watching what we did. And pictured here, just three people that are really also important in our lives. Um, I'm standing with um, a dear friend, Jilena. She's another young mom who got saved through our Florece Crisis Pregnancy Center ministry and now attends our church. This is at her baptism. And then um, on the far right is another young lady, uh, Charmelli, who also was saved through our Florece ministry. And I love that picture of her because there she is serving. And we want to see these young ladies in particular that I work with um, come to know Christ and then start serving him. And so I really encouraged her. This was at a women's ministry event. She was doing the game. And she was so nervous. 
but she got up there and she did it and she served the Lord and she was so happy. And, um, you know, they just watch. They watch what we do and then they, they mimic that. And that's what we're supposed to be as believers. And in the center is Dave pictured with Pablo, a young man that during the pandemic, he delivered our Chinese food. That's how we got to know him. And we said in the video that God would bring people to our door. Pablo was one of them. He brought our food and when we had delivery and then we got to meet him and he wanted to learn English. So we had him over and, and now he's become a friend. Pray for him. He's, we're not sure that he's committed to the Lord. He has a lot of confusion. Um, he thinks he's saved, but um, a, lot of, um, a lot of confusion in his past. And some, he'd like to come visit us and just observe. He says he wants to come observe how families do life in the United States. Well, what a great way to share the gospel by living for Christ uh, in front of him. So we're hoping that he comes to visit. Okay, can you advance again? I'm oh, sorry, it's not working. No, we'll back one. Yeah, there you go. Okay. When God calls, he provides and equips. When God calls, he provides and equips. God calls each of us to certain things. And even though we don't have, you know, the title or maybe the necessary uh, degree God will provide and equip for each one of us. That's one of the lessons that we found uh, while we were down in uh, Chile. God clearly taught us that lesson. That it doesn't, it's not about my, my title or my uh, background. It's, it's about him. And he will provide and he will equip when I need whatever it is I need. He will provide it. And we saw that also in um, the way God maintained and provided for us financially. Uh, we're supported by churches and individuals. And when COVID hit, we, we heard churches were closing and people were losing jobs. And we were like, Lord, what's going to happen to us? We didn't have to worry. He was, he was totally in control. And we just are so thankful to him for that. And so... Um, this is just a list of things we're going to be doing in our next term. We'd love to talk to you about it um, out at our table after church. And please take one of our prayer cards. Um, again, another thing to add to your refrigerator. <laughs> um, but it has a picture of our family and um, contact ways to contact us. But also, we have a notebook out there where you can sign up for our prayer letter. We send them out via email. So if you'd like to receive it and just be able to pray, learn more about some of these people and some of our ministries and pray. But uh, next term, when we go back next year, we will be moving to Santiago, the capital, which is a city of 8 million people. And we will be working, continuing work with crisis pregnancy ministry, but also a Christian school and some leadership administrative um, responsibilities within the mission. So we're excited about it. And just thanks for letting us share. Now Dave's going to finish up. Okay. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for listening, too. I, I so love the service. I love the service that you had earlier. It's a blessing, a blessing to me, uh, just to get to hear uh, some of the commitments that have been made. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And the church family is a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to uh, visit with you here today. I'd like to show uh, a slide here. There we go. See that? 
<clears throat> what do you see? It's kind of messy, isn't it? It's kind of not clear. Uh, you, you might be able to pick something up there, but eh, you need to study it for a while. But who's going to sit there and study it? Why? It doesn't look very impressive. It doesn't look like there's much to be had there. But I'll tell you something. I will never forget this whiteboard. This whiteboard, uh, one of my professors in uh, RGBI, which is where I studied Spanish, he wrote on that whiteboard. That's what he wrote. He wrote it for all the new missionaries, all of us new missionaries. I will never forget this whiteboard. Sermons I might. Sermons I probably will forget, but I'll never forget the whiteboard. Why? Because of what he said on the whiteboard and what he said to us. Can you advance? Go to the first point. There you go. This is what he taught us on the whiteboard. You are grossly unprepared for ministry work, but Jesus still loves you. But I'm not sure about the natives. You may never really know. Point number two, 80% of first-term missionaries never return to the field. Statistic, 80% of missionaries never return to the field. There are various reasons why. And number three, I remember David Love saying to all of us that you aren't smart enough, prepared enough, and you will fail miserably. Yay! In the language and culture. You will fail. All of this is a given. We all go through it. All missionaries go through that. So what? You're going to quit? What does God have in mind for your failures? Do you realize God works through our failures? He does. And we all fail. We all have those times of failure. The problem we face today in our culture is how we live out our faith. We kind of talk a good game when we're in church, when we're compartmentalized, but when we go out into the world, we don't know what to say. And some of us don't try. Why is it that way? Why? I'm going to leave that up to you to answer. But I want to talk to you today about two points. We shared this in our PowerPoint. Here's the points. Being like Christ is more effective than doing for Christ, and when God calls, he equips and provides. We are called first to be. Before we do. Most of the commands in the New Testament are given for us to be something different. Put on, put off, 
be the light, be the salt, be holy. It's all talking about being before the doing. Now, yes, we're called to do, but that is going to happen organically after we have become what God wants us to be. After we are transformed into being more like Christ. Romans 13, 14 tells us, if you can just click once there, there you go. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify his desires. Here Paul uses an example of putting on different clothing. And it's easy for us to understand that picture. Put on Jesus. But notice the second part of the verse. Make no provision for the flesh. In other words, put on Christ and put off the flesh. It's very simple. It's a very simple passage. And simple concept. We need to put on Christ, put off the flesh. This is one of the keys that we need to learn going forward as we are being more like our Savior. I want to make sure that we understand one point about our human nature. We like to be in the light. You like coming to church? Yes? No? Maybe so? Okay, all right. You like coming to church? You like it because you are of it. You are of the light. We are called to fellowship one with one another. And there's a reason for that, and it's a good reason. It's so that we can lift each other up. We can pray for each other. We can minister to one another. That's what the church body does. But we are not called to the light. Let's make that distinction. We're not called to the light. What do I, what do I mean by that? We are called to be the light, but where does the light go? Does it stay in one place? If you turn a light bulb on, is it, are the photons going to stay around the light bulb? No, what happens? You illuminate the room. So we are called to be the light in the darkness. That's a key point. We like being together. We enjoy this. This is part of who we are. We love fellowshipping with other believers. But we're not called to this. We can be called back to this but we're called to be in the darkness, be that light in the darkness, as that picture shows. We need to be the light in the darkness. This is difficult. This requires thought. This requires prayer. And this requires being led by the Holy Spirit. Where is God leading you? Where is your ministry? Is it in your work? Is it somewhere else? Where is God leading you? The second point I think is uh, very important. 
God does not call the equipped, but rather equips those he calls. Now, we've heard that before, I'm sure, and we gloss over it because we've heard it maybe several times, but it is the truth. I didn't feel like I was ready when I went to the mission field. I didn't know the language the way I should, but God still sent me. We seem to think we need certain letters after our name or before our name, and that requires you know, study, that requires time, and then we go. But who did God call to be his disciples? He didn't call the PhDs. He called fishermen. He called fishermen. So regardless of what schooling you've had or what, what letters are, are before your name or after your name, God has called you. Can we get the next slide, please? Mark 13, 11 says, And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Here's the key. The Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit will give you what you need as God calls you, as you follow Christ. Christ said we will be given what we need when we need it. And in Acts 4.8, that's what we see. Can we pass on? Yeah, there you go. Then Peter, what was he? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. How did he know what to say? God was with him. God was with him in that moment. The Holy Spirit is the one who will lead us. In conclusion, if we can go to the next slide, I just want to bring these two points to to our mind again. Being like Christ is more effective than doing for Christ. And when God calls, he equips and he provides. God is looking for us to be something different. And when we become that something different, he will use us in various ways, for various times, and in various situations. But first, we need to be And when he sends us, regardless of where he's sending you today, he will give you the words to speak. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get together and to be reminded that we need to be more like you. And help us, Father, as we do that, to be led by your Holy Spirit, into the ministries that you would have for us. Help us, Father, to go into the darkness and shine brightly for you. And as we do that, Father, we pray you will continue to use us for your glory, your honor, not for our own. And we thank you for using us as humble servants for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.